All right, let's do it. Big 12 football schedule has been released, and I'm looking at it for the first time. And uh, going to get my reactions for how exactly things could unfold for K-State in the regular season. So, all right, so first off, let's just get right into it here. Of course, uh, non-conference games are going to be against Southeast Missouri State, Troy, and then at Missouri on the 16th. We kind of knew that already. But, of course, K-State, oh, no, K-State is going to be, they're going to be at home for their conference opener against UCF. Wow. That'd be the first time in a very long time that that's the case. So they're going to host Central Florida on the 23rd. But then, interesting, they have a bye week, and then they go to Stillwater. They play still. They play Oklahoma State on a Friday on October the 7th. That's very interesting there. Uh, also worth noting, K-State will not be playing Oklahoma this season. Uh, they will be at Texas Tech following the Oklahoma State game. Then they'll host... TCU on the 21st, then host Houston on the 28th, then they'll go to Texas on November the 4th, then a home game against Baylor on November the 11th, they'll be at Kansas on the 18th, and then Farmageddon in Manhattan on the 25th. So overall, uh, my reaction, I think it's pretty yeah, it's pretty interesting that Oklahoma and K-State do not play this season, they uh, get a protection from there, they do not play BYU this season, um... That, I think, is uh, a darn shame. They also K-State also does not play West Virginia this year either. Um, that would be the first time since they entered the Big 12. They also do not play Cincinnati as well. So no Cincinnati, no West Virginia, no Oklahoma for K-State this season. They do play Texas. Uh, that's going to be a big one on the road. K-State has not beaten Texas in the last six tries. So they'll have a... And that'll be a big one too because I think... it. When it comes down to that game, that is going to be a game that could determine a spot in the Big 12 title game. Because I think Texas will be in the Big 12 championship game. That is my prediction. Um, I think K-State has a really good chance to to be there again this year as well. And then K-State playing TC, rather, TCU on October the 21st is also going to be a big game. So here's my here's my early predictions here. I think K-State is going to start off 3-0. I think they're going to beat Southeast Missouri State. I think they're going to beat Troy. I think the game is going to be closer than some people might think. Troy was one of the, I don't know, 15, 20 teams that had 10 wins this season. Very good team this past year out of the fun belt. And then Missouri, I don't think, is going to be a cakewalk either. They were this past year, but I think Missouri is going to be improved this upcoming season. And I think that should be a good test for them in non-conference play. But then, that, then against UCF, I think K-State will have no trouble with UCF. I think this will probably be their probably their easiest game of the season. I think UCF is going to be a decent team, maybe flirting with a bowl game, but I don't expect them to do too well in their first season uh, in the Big 12. Then the bye game, a much-needed bye game, because then they go to Oklahoma State on the 7th. That's going to be a, game, be a big game again on a Friday. That is going to be on a Friday. So that will be on October the 6th instead of the 7th, which is very interesting. Um, that is going to be, I think, uh, it's hard to, hard to predict a, a win against Oklahoma State. I'm going to go ahead and give them a loss there. Uh, at Texas Tech is going to be a tough game as well. I mean, Texas Tech, I think, is going to be a, a much improved team. I think they're going to be a, uh, probably a top four team in the Big 12 again this year. They were fourth this past year. I will go ahead and give them a win, though. I think K-State starts the season 5-1. I think they beat TCU at home. 
So I think, boom, K-State all of a sudden is 6-1. I think they defeat Houston to go 7-1, and and they are looking very good going into that big game against Texas, but I think they lose that one and go 7-2. and With three games remaining, they play a home game against Baylor, who I'm almost certain is going to be better this year than they were last year. A big, uh, disappointing season for Baylor this past year, but I think they do get a win. Then they go on the road to Kansas, and that's going to be one of the biggest Sunflower showdowns in a very long time. I think KU is going to improve. I, th- I do think that they are going to finish above 500 this season, despite all their demons they've had for the past decade and a half. I think they will go above 500. I'm going to go and chalk it up as a win, but I think that's going to be very close because it is in Lawrence, but I think the Purple Pride will definitely show up and show out for that game, which leads up to Farmageddon at home. K-State has uh, done well against Iowa State in Manhattan in the past two decades. I think they get a win. So overall, I think that's a pretty good, uh, pretty darn good 10-2 and regular season for K-State, which is certainly possible considering how many pieces they get back from last year's team. They get all of their offensive line back, and uh, you also get... Uh, Philip Brooks back. That was a nice little addition. Was not expecting that, that he would be done. But uh, honestly, it makes no sense that he would be done considering he doesn't really have greener pastures. The only thing he would be doing is just graduating. Uh, So him coming back does make sense in terms of him wanting to extend his uh, football career, and he will continue to do so at Kansas State. But no Malik Knowles, no Kurt Warner, no Deuce Vaughn, no Felix Anidike Uzama, no Julius Brent. So they're losing a lot of pieces but K-State has done so well in transfer portal, excuse me, the transfer portal. I am banking on that. K-State is able to go into the into the portal, get some pieces, and they'll be just fine. They've already got a piece in the middle um, of that defensive line. They also got a new running back, Treshawn Ward from Florida State. I think he's going to be big. And then DJ Giddens is still in the backfield. And I think RJ Garcia is going to step up in a big way. And they still have a bunch of different guys. Um, that'll be good in terms of the skill position players. Ben Sinnott's coming back for his junior year, arguably going to be the best uh, tight end in the entire Big 12. So they have some weapons. Um, so I think 10-2 and two would be a very good season for K-State next year. Will that happen? I, it's definitely possible. I think 10-2 and two would certainly be on the, the better side in terms of uh, the, the, the range of outcomes for this, the, for this team. I think 11-1 is possible. But I think that's less likely. It's more likely they go nine and three than they do eleven and one. Let's just say that. But nine and three would also be, I think, a very good season because many people are going to uh, think that K State is going to take a big step back because only of Deuce Vaughn and Felix. Uh, some people might even might not even account for Felix being gone. Some people in the national media are going to say, "Oh, Deuce is gone. The offense isn't going to be as good." But I think their their offense is going to be not maybe not just as good, but it will be it will still be very good. I mean, because we're talking about a K-State offense that was top three all-time in uh, many categories of this past season. So I don't think they're going to be that good, but I still think they're going to be very good. All right, let's take a look at the other schedules here in the conference. So Baylor, uh, they go, I think this is an interesting one. They have a, they have a home game against Utah. We, we already knew that. Um, so I think that's a huge game for them to determine how good they could be this season. I think Utah, with Cam Rising coming back, their starting quarterback, they could be very good again this season. Um, but for Baylor, that, that I think that game is going to kind of set the tone for the season. And they get Texas at home early. Uh, they go on the road to UCF and to Cincinnati. That's pretty brutal. Uh, a lot of traveling for Baylor. Uh, for BYU, here's how their schedule unfolds. They uh, In non-conference play, they have a road game against Arkansas. Then they play at Kansas 
They host Cincinnati on a Friday game right before the uh, beginning of October. They go at TCU at home against Texas Tech, at Texas, at West Virginia, at Iowa State at home, Oklahoma at home, and Oklahoma State on the road to finish out. So a very tough first season in the Big 12 coming up for BYU and uh, coming off a season where they kind of were unable to meet their expectations because this was a team that was arguably a, a top 20 team coming into the season. And they uh, were uh, barely able to get a bowl game this past year. UCF, they have Boise State on the road on November the 9th. That's a pretty interesting non-con game there. They play Villanova as well. A noteworthy name in the FCS has had some pretty good years in the past. As mentioned, they play K-State on the road on the 23rd. That'll be a big test for them early to kind of set the tone for their um, Big 12 conference schedule. Then they post Baylor. Then they go to Kansas. So they're in Kansas for two out of the three uh, games uh, to start out their Big 12 play. So that's pretty interesting. Then they continue to stay in that area as they go to Oklahoma on the 21st. And they have three of their last five games at home. But they also have a road game at Cincinnati on November the 4th. So a lot of traveling again for UCF as well. As for Cincinnati, they play Pitt on the road on November the 9th, a big non-con game there. They host Oklahoma on the 23rd of September. That's going to be a big game for the Sooners and the Bearcats. And then they go to Brigham Young, as mentioned on that Friday, another big game for the Bearcats who desperately need to bounce back after a, a lackluster year last year, a bowl game loss. And I believe they they won eight or nine games this past year during the regular season. Not great for Cincinnati, considering they made the playoff last year, or I guess technically two years ago. They have uh, the next three games out of four are at home against Iowa State and Baylor at Oklahoma State versus UCF, followed by two of their last three on the road at Houston, then at Morgantown, and then hosting Kansas. Uh, Houston in their first year in the Big 12, they will play Houston, or excuse me, they'll play, excuse me, they'll play TCU at home on September the 16th. That's going to be a fun one there. Um, then they play at Texas Tech on the 30th. They actually don't have a non-Texas opponent until October the 14th. So they play UTSA, Rice, TCU, Sam Houston State, and then Texas Tech. So their first five games, all against teams from Texas. And they play Texas following that Morgantown game, so another game against a Texas opponent. And they have K-State, then another Texas game against Baylor, and then their final three games against non-Texas opponents, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, UCF. So not having to travel a whole lot in uh, the first month and a half, maybe two months of the season for Houston, which is definitely good for them. Uh, The furthest they have to travel uh, from uh, Houston all the way through October the 21st would probably be Lubbock, so you're you're staying in state, and then you t- you travel to K State on the 28th. Your first true, uh, your first true true road game all the way in the end of October. So a very favorable schedule for the Houston Cougars in their first year of the Big 12. So I think that they will be uh, a pretty interesting team again. Not a great year last year. They were fine. Uh, I believe they were won six or seven games this past year. Not great for Houston, but uh, we'll see how they do in their first year with a favorable schedule. Iowa State, they play Iowa, of course. That will be that'll be in Ames on the 9th of September. And, uh, of course, you have the Farmageddon game on the final game of the schedule. Uh, that'll be on November the 25th at K-State. Uh, they go to Brigham Young on the 11th of November. They host Texas. They host Kansas. They're on the road in Norman. They are going to host TCU and they're going to host Oklahoma State. So a very tough schedule for Iowa State. That is 
a gauntlet. That's going to be a tough one for uh, for Iowa State. No UCF for them. Uh, they have Cincinnati, so maybe an easier game there. No BYU, no West Virginia. And, uh, yeah, that's that's a pretty tough schedule for the Cyclones. No Texas Tech, though. Uh, as for Kansas, everyone talking about this could be a big game. I'll go and predict their season. I think they start off the year uh, with a win against Missouri State. I think they do beat Illinois. That'll be a close game. I think they win that one there. At Nevada is going to be a tough game. Um, I think I'll go ahead and give them a win, though, for now. So another nice start to the season for Kansas. Then they host BYU. I think they win that one. Then they go to KU. I think they lose. They're 4-1. Host UCF. They're 5-1 now. I think they lose in Stillwater to go 5-2. After the bye, they host Oklahoma. They think they go 5-3. Then they go to Ames. They'll go 5-4. I think they lose that one. And they host Texas Tech. Makes them five and five, five and six. Says I think they lose against K State, but then maybe beating Cincinnati. But that would be on the road, man. Ah, I can see a few of those games going their way and getting back above five hundred. I know I said that I think they go above five hundred, but there are some really tough games on the schedule that they're going to have to win. They're going to have to get out some of these games. Maybe uh, a winnable game on the road against Oklahoma State if they continue to flounder, which I think is definitely possible without things ended in all of those transfers. Oklahoma State could be a team that flirts with the bottom of the Big 12 this season. So that's certainly a winnable game for Kansas. They can win that one. I'm going to go ahead and stick with, uh, I'll say 6-6. Six and six. I'll, I'll substitute the Oklahoma State loss out for a Cincinnati loss. I'll say they go 6-6. Six and six. Um, And uh, that would get them right back to a bowl game, maybe them winning the bowl game this year to get above 500. Uh, I think that certainly a winnable game would be uh, else on here. Texas Tech at home is a winnable game. But like I said, Texas Tech could be a team that finishes in the top four of the conference this season. So that's going to be tough for them. Uh, Oklahoma, let's take a look at their possibly their final season in the Big 12. Possibly. We'll see how things shape out with them. How much does uh, how much do the athletic directors slash the commissioner hate Oklahoma? Well, let's find out. Uh, so starting off, they are at Cincinnati in their first conference game of the season. That's pretty brutal. Uh, then they host Iowa State. Uh, of course, Iowa State has given Oklahoma some real issues. Then they will play in Dallas against Texas on the 7th, and they have a bye hosting UCF at Kansas, at Oklahoma State for the final, possibly the final Bedlam game. Uh, then they'll host West Virginia. Then they're at BYU, and they will host TCU. So quite a few long home games that, like I said, they're at Cincinnati, they're at BYU, so they're going to have to travel. At Kansas will be a tough game for them, I think. Uh, like I said, I think OU will win that game, but again, these are very early predictions here. I don't know if these will sustain. Uh, I'll do, I'll do, of course, a, a more solidified prediction, more in depth uh, when we get to uh, earlier, in, or rather later in the off season. Um, let's let's do Texas, and then we'll get out of here uh, with this uh, Big Twelve schedule release talk. Texas at Alabama. I mean, that's a pretty. <laughs> that's that's not going to go over well, I don't think. As much uh, better I think Texas will be this year. I don't think they're going to have enough to beat Alabama on the road. I think they're going to get smoked. Then again, we said that going into that game last year, and Texas held their own even without Quinn Ewers finishing the game. So we will see. Maybe Texas has Alabama figured out a little bit and able to keep that game a little bit closer, but ultimately I think Alabama gives them a loss. So they go 2-1. and one in non-con play with wins over Rice and Wyoming at home. Then they're at Baylor. Uh, that'll be an interesting one. Again, we'll really have to find out how good Baylor is this year. Um, what, what, what do they do at quarterback? Do they stay with Blake Shapin? Do they go into the portal and get something else? We'll see. Then they host Kansas at Oklahoma at Houston after a bye. 
and they'll host BYU and Kansas State before uh, going on the road twice to TCU and Iowa State, and then they host Texas Tech on a Friday game. A lot of these final games, there are two final games, uh, rather, excuse me, two games on the final week that are on on a Friday, uh, TCU and Oklahoma, and then Texas Tech and Texas, both on a Friday. Pretty interesting stuff there. So uh, for Oklahoma, it depends on how much they improve. I mean, Dylan Gabriel is going to be back. I think they'll uh, they'll be fine. Can I mean, I think saying they'll do better than they did last year, I think, is not that much of a bold prediction. And with Dylan Gabriel improving and maybe getting some more pieces, they could possibly get back to a nine, maybe ten win team. But we will see how that unfolds uh, for the Sooners. Just gotta hope that they can um, make some major improvements on defense because that was. That was their main area. But getting back to getting back to Texas, sorry, I kind of got off on a tangent there. I think Texas, again, I think Texas is going to have a chance to possibly get to the Big 12 championship game. I do think, as of right now, they'll be there. Um, in terms of the losses that they might take, I think, as mentioned, they'll lose to Alabama. Uh, the road games, they play Houston on the road, TCU. I think they probably lose to TCU on the road. But other than that, I mean... They, that might be it. Honestly, it would not surprise me if they go 10-2 and with only one conference loss at TCU and win the rest of their games. It would not surprise me one bit. And I just realized that I'm, as a part of the media, I have to buy into the Texas hype. So <laughs> but that's uh, that's where I think, that's what I think as of right now is what's going to happen in the Big 12. Now, I think Texas will have a spot to fill at running back, uh, but I think ultimately Texas continues to fill those gaps with no problem. Um, and by the way, the K-State bye week is after the first league game. Eight straight without a bye after that for K-State. It's brutal, but uh, it's uh, K-State, Oklahoma State on a Friday. Ah, man, it's it's really it's a really interesting schedule for K-State. It really is. I think that um, there's certainly some games on here that, that I don't think that K-State is going to win, but I think they'll have a shot to win. K-State at Texas, I have a really hard time seeing K-State uh, – Winning that one. All right, let's let's get to some hoops. K State, KU, Sunflower Showdown tonight. That'll be on ESPN Plus, unfortunately. But that's how the cookie crumbles when you uh, set the schedule up at the beginning of the season. And I, I've been seeing all this complaining on Twitter, and uh, people ask me why is this game on ESPN Plus. Well, just just think about it. Again, it was the schedule was made at the beginning of the season. It's the defending national championship, or excuse me, the defending national champion, going up against Kansas State, who finished dead last in the conference, was predicted to finish dead last again, has brand new players, nobody knows anything about them, and a brand new coach, and who's never coached at, at the, uh, well, he's never been a head coach at the Division One level. So all those factors, and the game's going to be in Allen Fieldhouse, in case it hasn't won there since 2006. All those factors lead up to them playing that game on ESPN+, Plus, which is where it has been the past couple seasons, if I do recall correctly. So ultimately, to me, it makes sense. But, I mean, it just kind of stinks that they can't flex that into a primetime game on a major network somewhere. Uh, But that is just kind of how the cookie crumbles when you have the deal you do with ESPN. That's just kind of the hand that's dealt to you all the way back in, uh, shoot, September, August? So it kind of is what it is. But then after that, so tonight, tonight's game is obviously a big one. It's a huge game for K-State for many reasons. Obviously, the most important being chance to stay atop the Big 12 
Because right now, K-State is a half game back at a first place. Half game back of Texas, who is 7-2, K-State 6-2. And, and also, you're a full game up on Kansas. They're 5-3. And, and you lose, you slip back to one game back, and all of a sudden, you're right you're right nose-to-nose level, eye-to-eye level with Kansas, which you don't want to be. You never want to be eye-to-eye level with Kansas. You always want to be a leg up on them in some way, some facet, and then you know you're doing really well. Well, honestly, you could be doing well even if you're not eye-to-eye with Kansas. But the fact that they are, that's just where they are. They have a chance to stay above them. So that's, that's what's on the line. Also on the line is seeding. This is a big game for Kansas State to boost their resume. Because as of right now, the Ken Palm, the Net, they don't love Kansas State right now. K-State is fifth in the conference in Net. They're 16. They're a couple spots above TCU. And they're only about, I think they're only nine spots above West Virginia right now, who is a borderline NCAA tournament team. As of right now, I would say they're probably on the outside looking in. So they really need a, a big win against a team like Kansas on the road to boost their resume and possibly get them a better seed. Because I think if you win tonight, you're you're a definite two seed for sure. But if you continue to keep playing well, you could flirt with a one seed at the end of the year if you continue to stay at this level of play. However, you lose this game, I don't think you tumble too far, but I think it kind of limits your cap or your ceiling for what seed you could get at the end of the year. Because I don't think that if they lose tonight, then you have to win both games against TCU and Texas to just get to an argument to get to a two seed. Whereas you win tonight, maybe you drop one at home, I think you still have a good argument for a two seed if you continue to play well for the rest of the season. Now, I I do see that CBS, Gary Parrish, bless his soul, he loves K-State. He has them as the third overall seed. He has them as a one seed. I don't think that there is really any way K-State gets a one seed unless they win the Big 12 and only lose one game the rest of the way. That's, the, in my opinion, the only way K-State gets a one seed. And here's why. After tonight's game, K-State has zero more road games against the top six teams in the conference, which are the teams that are ranked. So those opportunities to boost your resume to boost your chance to get a better seed. Those are in the rearview mirror. Now you're the games that are ahead of you are all about trying to stay at that seed. But if you take care of your business and you win all those games, then you could move up a seed. But I just don't think that K-State where they are now, which I believe is a three seed, I don't think that they're going to be able to get a one seed unless they win tonight and then only lose one game for the rest of the season. That's the only way I think they get a one seed. Which I think is pretty crazy, though, that we're talking about this right now as uh, we are on the final day of January in the first year of Jerome Tang's tenure at Kansas State. Pretty unbelievable that K-State is flirting with a one seed, something that K-State has not done since 2010 when Frank Martin was the head coach. One of the best teams, in fact, is the best team that K-State has had this millennium, for sure. 2012-2013 team was great, but, I mean, ultimately they got a four seed and they lost the first round of the NCAA tournament to LaSalle. So I just have a tough time putting them in that conversation. But, I mean, ultimately, I think this is for sure the second-best team that K-State has put on the floor every single night since, or just in this millennia. I think this is the second-best team this millennia. And could be the it could be the best. It really could if K-State could 
continue this level play. I think a win at Kansas would certainly solidify them. I think a win at Kansas would solidify them as the best team this millennia for Kansas State. But they would still have to maintain the level play and continue to play well. Lose a game, maybe two, and you'd probably still be there because Kansas State has not beaten Kansas in two games in a season in my entire lifetime. And I'm, I'm 26 years old. Turned 26 three days ago. And I saw a stat, I believe it was D. Scott Fritchin, who posted that K-State has not beaten KU in basketball twice in a season and beat them in football since excuse me, since 1982-1983. It's the last time they did that. So that would be pretty historic if they did that. So that's the kind of uh, history K-State is flirting with right now. So it's a big game for K-State tonight. Uh, I think that Grady Dick is going to perform a lot better than he did in the first matchup. Marquise Noel, I think, can still have the ability to shut down Dewan Harris again. K.J. Adams has to have a big game tonight for Kansas, which he did against Kentucky. He had, uh, what did he have? Uh, he, got, he flirted with 20 points, I think. He was really good. And, of course, Jalen Wilson's going to ball out. He's going to do his thing. And I don't know if he drops 38. I think maybe the scoring is a little more evened out. McCuller might. I mean, they, get, they really have to hope McCuller steps up because he has not been good in a Kansas uniform this season. He's had a couple of good games, but he's not been consistent uh, and anywhere near the level that they want him to be, which, I mean, the expectations were the best transfer get in the country, which he's not been even close. He's probably not even a top-five transfer in the state of Kansas. Okay, that's a little, a little extreme. But he's, probably, he's definitely not a top-five transfer in the Big 12. Definitely not, which is uh, obviously way below expectations, which are always set very high at the University of Kansas. But uh, if KU, or rather, if K-State loses this game, which I think they do, my uh, my prediction on this game is KU 87 and Kansas State 79. That's my prediction. The line is at 8.5. I made this prediction before I even saw the line. You're just going to have to take my word. I can't prove that, but that was my prediction before I saw the line, uh, which as of right now sits at 8.5. Might be closer to 8, possibly, um, here this afternoon. As of this recording, it is Tuesday, January 31st at 1.30. So the line might have moved a little bit. Not quite sure. But uh, either way, that is my prediction. So with that being said, if they lose this game, then they need to bounce back. And they have some opportunities to do so with two home games back-to-back against two very good teams that are inside that top six. They have Texas on Saturday. That's going to be at 3 o'clock on ESPN2. I will be there for that one. Be sure to uh, go to my website. Not my website. Go to uh, my company's website, msdsports.net, for... All my post-game thoughts on all these games. It's always a lot of fun getting to go to the games and do write-ups on them. And then on Tuesday, they host TCU. Uh, I certainly think Texas, of course, is the more winnable out of these two because K-State has already beaten them, but I think this game is going to be a lot different. I don't obviously don't think this game is going to be as high-scoring. I mean, considering the first game had 222 points, obviously that's a pretty high bar. But I do think that uh, this game is going to be close. And I don't think the K-State is going to keep Texas at arm's length the entire time. In fact, I think this game is going to go back and forth and be uh, down to the wire. If K-State can pull that one out, that would be great. But then they would have a very difficult task of taking on TCU again, which, of course, was a blowout loss in Fort Worth, their first meeting. And I tell you what, they have to learn a lot from that first loss. It was a lot of turnovers, a lot of stupid mistakes. And Keontae Johnson had he had close to ten turnovers in that game. It was it was an it was an embarrassment of a turnout. 
They have to be less predictive on, on their passes, more firm passes. I mean, just go down to the fundamentals. The TCU, if they get a steal, they're one of the best transition teams in the country. They're going to score once they get that steal. So they have to be productive in the half-court offense, make good passes, not make sloppy mistakes, and not let things get out of control in this one. That's going to be on Tuesday, 8 o'clock on ESPN, or ESPNU. Excuse me. So two big games there. Then after that, I mean, things are, of course, never easy in the Big 12. Back-to-back road games on the 11th, which is a Saturday. They're at Texas Tech, who, of course, just beat Iowa State. And uh, a very interesting one there. That was a fun one. Went to overtime. Texas Tech was favored by 2.5 points, despite being 0-8 and taking on the first-place Iowa State Cyclones. I mean, what conference does that sort of thing? Well, only the Big 12, man. Only the Big 12. And then they go to Oklahoma, which is a very scrappy team. Grant Sherfield, one of the best players in the Big 12, might be a Big 12 first team, uh, rather a Big 12 all. I can, I can never say that correctly. All Big 12 first teamer. That is what I was trying to say. I, I always get those words jumbled around some way or another. I always have to double, triple check my uh, articles whenever I mention a all-conference award. <laughs> Regardless, one of the top five players in the Big 12, uh, and then they have a... a couple of uh, guys that they like to rely on in the post. They have those two twins that are pretty solid. So they have some pieces there, and they certainly have a chance to be an NCAA tournament team. I think as of right now, after their win against Alabama, the number two team in the country, I think they're probably on the inside of that bubble right now is maybe a 12 or 11 seed, maybe a 10 seed if you're feeling a little uh, ambitious. So that's not going to be an easy win either. So even though those two teams are not in the top six, they're both road games, and we're still, I mean, still Big 12 play. So not going to be easy wins there. So a couple of big tests for K-State after this brutal stretch, and things do not let up one bit. Then after that, they host Iowa State and Baylor. So then you go right back to playing two teams that are in that top six, but thankfully they are both at home. Got to have that game against Iowa State. They absolutely have to. Um, after what happened in that first game, a winnable game that just got out of reach. Just got to be wiser with the ball. Got to make your free throws. Got to defend the paint better. And they can win that one. Baylor being them twice is going to be very tough. They're going to be hungry for that one. Beating Baylor twice in a season is never easy. Oklahoma State is always a challenge. Gallagher Iba Arena, not necessarily a, a gym that fills out every night. But I think they'll probably fill out for that one if K State's still a top 10 team. And you host Oklahoma, that's definitely your easiest game for the rest of the way. And things always get weird in Morgantown as they go on the road on March 4th. So. Uh, definitely a chance for K-State to be playing for a Big 12 title in that one. They just have to remain persistent. And like what Jerome Tang says, 1-0 every single day. Just got to go 1-0 every day. And they will certainly have a chance to win the Big 12 championship. Now, out of the teams that are uh, in that top six, who is going to be the favorite to win the Big 12? Well, as much as I hate to say it, you know where I'm going with this. It's KU until proven otherwise. Texas is finally starting to play really well again. They're a top 10 team for a reason. They got a big win last night against Baylor. But Kansas, I mean, they they control their own destiny. They play K-State tonight. That'll be a big game for them. Uh, just looking at their remaining schedule. They play at Iowa State after that K-State game. That's going to be a huge one for them. Then they host Texas. So a big three-game stretch 
for KU. But I mean, they've been this this schedule for them has been just a gauntlet. Just looking back to mid to mid January, they host Iowa State. They're at K State. They host TCU at Baylor versus K State at Iowa State. Host Texas. That is just brutal. But I think ultimately they probably have the second easiest schedule besides K State because then after that, um, after that stretch where of course tonight. They host K-State at Iowa State, hosting Texas. They have a couple games against Oklahoma schools. They host Baylor. Then they're at TCU. That's going to be a tough one. Then they host West Virginia and Texas Tech. Their final game of the season is going to be really interesting because they're going to be at Texas on Saturday. I hope, I'm, I'm guessing that game is probably going to be on CBS. I hope it is. It should be, but we will see. That game because it is TBD in terms of the time and the network. So I would imagine that game probably gets uh, put to CBS. Now there there are some games at the beginning of the year I mentioned that the schedule is solidified. There are some games that are being willing to, or are that are able to be flexed. Just with how things work out with KU, they are occasionally on CBS with some of their games against Texas. Seems like every once in a while they have a game that's on uh, CBS against them. I would assume this game is no different. So, um yeah, it's going to be a very interesting stretch. For Kansas, and I think that ultimately they control their own destiny in a, in a, with a big win against Kentucky. I mean, it's no secret. They needed that one desperately, and they were able to, to get the victory. But yeah, as of right now, things are getting real interesting in the Big 12, so I wanted to kind of talk about my thoughts on how things were moving. Um, and It's just really unbelievable that there are six teams in the Big 12 in the top 15. None of the... I think none of the teams, though, are one seeds as of right now. That's what most bracketologists are saying, kind of just going throughout a bunch of different ones, CBS, um, a couple independent ones, ESPN, of course, with Joe Lenardi. Not really any one seeds here from the Big 12 because there hasn't been any real dominant team. Everyone's kind of just beating up on each other, which is ultimately uh, how the Big 12 goes every single year. So it's tough. But uh, K-State has a chance. Texas has a chance. Iowa State, even after last night, still has a chance. TCU, I think, is uh, a really interesting team. They obviously have a chance, but they really have to get their best team out there every night. Mike Miles Jr. is out for who knows how long. Lampkin is also injured as well, so they're going to have to hope some players step up for them with the injuries they're dealing with. Of course, mentioned KU, I think, is and should still be the favorite to win. And Baylor... Man, after that fourth loss, they have to have some things go right. They're going to need some help. They're certainly on the outside looking in. They have six losses now in the season. I realize Iowa State does too, but they lost to some really good non-conference teams. Uh, and they did have one really bad loss. But um, yeah, Baylor is going to need some help if they want to if they want to have a chance to get back in this thing, which I think they definitely could because I think ultimately four losses probably wins you the conference outright this year. And I think five could possibly get you a split. I think that's kind of how things are going right now. Because if you remember when K-State won it in 2019, they split with Texas Tech. They were 14-4. and four. But this league, this year, obviously a lot more tough. So I'm not quite sure if four is going to be a split. I think four is going to be closer to an outright considering... Only two teams have two or fewer losses, and well, both of them have two. Texas seven and two, K State six and two. 
So that's where we're going to leave this episode, just a short little episode, talk about the Big 12 football schedule release and a little bit about K-State hoops. Hopefully that I'm wrong about K-State KU's result tonight, but again, I, I'm predicting K-State loses that one 87-79. I got a high school basketball game I got to do tonight, so I'm looking forward to that. And uh, hopefully, I can do these more often. But again, I'm not really going to promise anything with how busy my schedule is, my part-time work, and with how many games I'm doing basketball-wise. So we'll just continue to do one whenever there's something uh, that drops, like this Big 12 schedule release. Well, thanks everyone for listening, and uh, hopefully, you can get another one of these in here soon. And I hope uh, everything goes well for you in the near future. And I'll talk to you next time.